Hello and welcome back to the Bookshelf Odyssey, uh, our deep dive into Charles Dickens's Great Expectations as we read along together this wonderful masterpiece of a novel. And buckle up, everyone. This section is off the rails. <laughs> okay, this is great. I really enjoyed reading it this week. There's just a lot of things here to talk about. I'm really hoping to uh, try to get through as much as we can in a short as in a short amount shorter amount of time because there's just so much here to talk about but I don't want the video to be you know two hours long either uh, unless you like that kind of thing I'm happy to talk about this for as long as you care to listen so uh, we're gonna pick up today in chapter 47 through chapter 50 and uh, this will cover parts 29 and part 30 that were published in June uh, mid-June of 1861 in his uh, in Dickens's magazine uh, all the year round. We get some answers today. We get some tragedy. We get some heartbreak. Again, like I said, buckle up. Let's dive in. So chapter uh, 47 begins with uh, Pip being very concerned that he has not yet heard from Wemmick uh, as to when it would be safe to transport Magwitch uh, to a ship heading back or heading out of England. He doesn't. He still doesn't feel right about using the money, and so uh, his debt begins to pile up. And also by this point, he's pretty sure Estella has been married by now. And so all within the, the first page, page and a half of this opening chapter, uh, the pressure is mounting on Pip. You, you can see Dickens beginning to lay down plot lines that are just adding to the pressure and tense atmosphere. And this, I think, is one of the strengths of the novels of this novel that he's he's just bringing all of these points to bear on Pip's shoulders and, and Pip's feeling the weight. So Pip decides to relax one after, one evening by going out to dinner and then treating himself to uh, Mr. Wopsle and his performance on the stage. And I need to I need to read you this quote because because this you really see Dickens's humor. It says the theater where Mr. Wopsle had achieved his questionable triumph was in that waterside neighborhood. It is nowhere now, and to that theater I resolved to go. I was aware that Mr. Wopsle had not succeeded in reviving the drama, but on the contrary, had rather partaken of its decline. I think that just one sentence tells you everything you need to know about Mr. Wopsle and his ability to act. While on the stage, Mr. Wopsle acts like he sees he has seen a ghost, and afterward, as he and Pip are catching up, he asks about uh, this man who was sitting behind Pip. You know, Pip had this feeling that he had been, he was being watched, and now Mr. Wopsle is adding to that, saying, you know, I saw somebody behind you. Here's what he says. He said, I had a ridiculous fancy that he must be with you, Mr. Pip, till I saw that you were quite unconscious of him sitting behind you there, like a ghost. So he is being watched, and, and there's nothing worse to a paranoid brain than being proven that you're right. Uh, so it's a, he says that his my former chill crept over me again, but I was resolved not to speak yet, for it was quite consistent with his words that he might be set on to induce me to connect these references with Pro, Provis, Provis. And then uh, Mr. Wopsle continues on. He says, I know you're not going to believe this. He looks just like that second criminal that we we caught, you know, years ago, back when you were a young boy. And he refers back to the beginning chapters. Through all this discussion... Pip realizes that Compison is the young man, the fierce that fierce young man that fought with Magwitch all those years ago in the in the graveyard. 
and he's being followed by him. And now he's made a connection to another character in his past. That's uh, chapter 47. Uh, this first part, 29, uh, covers chapters 47 and 48. So in the second chapters, we get another important meeting that Pip has. And this is where we re- this is where things really begin <laughs> to, uh, to go crazy. Um, so Pip is walking uh, and uh, Mr. Jaggers uh, approaches him and invites him to dinner. Pip is unsure as to whether or not he wants to go, but then Jaggers mentions that uh, Wemmick will be there, and so Pip agrees, because Pip wants to hear from Wemmick to see whether or not he's heard anything and if it's safe to move Magwitch. Uh, and then we get to a heartbreaking section of of this chapter. At dinner, uh, Pip is told that Miss Havisham wants to meet him to discuss the business proposition that he had that he suggested to her about Herbert and about wanting to finance Herbert's career. So Jaggers talks about Estella's marriage. And then um, the one thing that Pip doesn't want to talk about is Estella's marriage. And that's, of course, the topic that uh, Jaggers brings up, how she has married, uh, you know, the spider. And that because of his temperament, he says, you know, very likely that um, Dremel is probably going to beat her, uh, that physically he's stronger than she is, but that mentally she is probably the stronger of the two. So it's almost like he's being entertained by this, that uh, as to who's going to come out uh, as the victor. Uh, And of course, this this hurts Pip and he doesn't want to hear it and it grieves him. But we are surprised to find out it also grieves. It seems to have a subtle impact on somebody else. Jaggers is made. She's now moving slowly. Um, it's almost as if she heard something that shocked her or hurt her or made her aware of th- that she wants to listen in and she's moving slowly. And in fact, Jaggers points this out. He says, now, Molly, 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 how slow you are today. And I, I, I find it how creepy he uses her name four times, almost as if he's taunting her. I don't know. Do you think that that's maybe his purpose, that he's he's kind of taunting her a little bit? Jagger seems surprised at Pip's response as well, in that Pip says, you know, that this, this hurts me to hear. But then again, he sees Molly and he realizes there's something familiar about her, about the way she moves, about the way her hands move. He says, surely I had seen exactly such eyes and such hands on a memorable occasion lately. And as she leaves the room... He says, I looked at those eyes, I looked at that flowing hair, and I compared them with other hands, other eyes, other hair that I knew of. And with what those might be after twenty years of a brutal husband and a stormy life, I looked again at those hands in the eyes of the housekeeper, and thought of the inexplicable feeling that had come over me when I last walked, and through the deserted brewery. I thought how the same feeling had come back when I saw a face looking at me, and a hand waving to me from a stagecoach window and how it had come back again and had flashed about me like lightning when I had passed in a carriage, not alone, through a sudden glare of light in a dark street. I thought how one link of association had helped that identification in the theater, and how such a link wanting before had been riveted for me now, when I had passed by a chance swift from Estella's names to the fingers with their knitting action and the attentive eyes, and I felt absolutely certain that this woman was Estella's mother. Cue 
sound effect. All right, dun dun dun. What? <laughs> All right, so just in case you didn't think Dickens had enough plot lines he was juggling, he throws in another one. Pip thinks that Molly is Estella's mother, and of course we are all like, what, who, when, where, how, why? Answers will be questioned. Questions will be answered. So hang on. And so after dinner, Wemmick and Pip go for a walk. Pip wants to find out the truth from Wemmick, if he knows Molly's backstory. And uh, he does. Wemmick tells tells him how he she came into Jaggers's uh, work, or to work for Jaggers. And uh, to kind of sum up the story here, basically Molly was accused of killing uh, another woman over jealousy of a man. And this woman was uh, older and stronger than Molly was, or appeared to be in, in any case. And Jaggers was able to defend her. And while she's on trial, he uh, has her appear to be dainty and delicate. And uh, also, you know, points to the scratches on her, her hands that they thought might have been from the woman. Or as we find out also that she, it's been said that she has killed her, uh, uh, her child out of jealousy, out of anger. And so Jaggers points out that basically she's too weak to have killed an adult woman who is stronger, bigger than her. Ba uh, basically, Jaggers gets her off of the murder charge and then immediately hires her to be a part of his his uh his servant his maid and i can't help but think it's almost like he's trying to control her now that he's he's like basically you owe me uh you belong to me now you're mine and you're gonna serve me and he's just fascinated by her uh that not only what um you know possibly was able to kill this woman but that she does indeed have such strength, though she doesn't look like it. So we get an early case of Victorian CSI, I guess you could say, um, as he's able to show that the scratches have thorns in them, that he got, that she got them from being in brambles, and there's uh, bits of her dress in the cuts and different things that he's able to do to, to prove her, or at least give them the shadow of a doubt. Pip wants to know, what is, what is the gender of the child that she had? And Wemmick says it was said to have been a girl. Uh, Wemmick also reveals that he has nothing else to reveal to Pip concerning Magwitch's departure. And so we're, we're left uh, at the end of part 29. Uh, you know, this would have been the, the cliffhanger for that week. Wow. Okay. So Estella's mother is this woman who had been accused of murder and is currently working for Jaggers. Well, if you think that's shocking, just wait till you find out who Estella's father is. <laughs> And we will do so in the next section, uh, chapters 49 and 50. Can you begin to see the the tension and the drama and, and just how much you are pulled into the story? Uh, just like a, a modern day series on TV, right? That, you know, that every episode will end on kind of a cliffhanger as it tells a story. And, and you're just waiting for the next week's installment of what's going to happen next. This is just Really wonderful storytelling. Part 30, chapters 49 through 50, Pip goes to see uh, Miss Havisham, and as he discusses with her what he wants to do for uh, for Herbert, she agrees to give him money, and uh, she writes a receipt for him, but uh, she also asks Pip to 
um, for forgiveness. We, we see a changed Miss Havisham. Uh, she says, I want, she said, to pursue that subject you mentioned to me when you were last here, and to show you that I am not all stone. But perhaps you can never believe now that there is anything human in my heart. So that's how she begins the conversation, and I, I really liked that quote. And uh, she's looking into the fire, and she's asking him questions like, are, are you unhappy now? And are you still on friendly terms with the Jaggers? Because he's go she's going to let him handle the financial transaction. And uh, so after he hands her the, hands Pip this receipt, he says, she says, my name is on the first leaf. If you can ever write under my name, I forgive her, though ever so long after my heart, my broken heart is dust. Pray do it. And Pip says, oh, Miss Havisham, said I, I can do it now. There have been sore mistakes, and my life has been a blind and thankless one, and I want forgiveness and direction far too much to be bitter with you. This excites me because Pip is becoming a good person, yeah, right? We wondered if that would be his fate. What would be his fate? Well, he has changed. Here he says, basically, I forgive you because I need to be forgiven too. I have done much wrong in my life. And this is, I mean, this is good. He is showing the grace and mercy to Miss Havisham that he is hoping himself to receive. But she continues to pursue him, to, to, to beg for forgiveness. And she's crying out, what have I done? What have I done? When she finds out that Estella has been married. Miss Havisham then tells the story of how she received Estella with this plan to raise her up, as she said, um, a great quote here, but as she grew and promised to be very beautiful, I gradually did worse, and with my praises and with my jewels and with my teachings and with this figure of myself always before her, a warning to back and point my lessons, I stole her heart away and put ice in its place. Better, I could not help saying, to have left her a natural heart, even to be bruised and broken. And she continues to talk about compassion and forgiveness. And, you know, if you knew my story, she said, you'd understand. And I think Pip is beginning to put together her story. Um, so then Pip takes his departure from her. And as he's leaving, he, he walks around the courtyard uh, one more time. And again, he sees this bizarre vision of Miss Havisham hanging dead from the rafters. And it really bothers him. So he's going to go back to make sure that she's okay, because it's really disturbed him. When he returns to her, he finds her kneeling before the fire, and suddenly she is engulfed into flames. Pip quickly rushes over to her, puts the fire out, and uh, saves her life. But in the process, he is burned on his hands and arms. Doctors are called in. He had saved her life, but her health is not doing so well now. And uh, he stays with her the night and kisses her in farewell, which I found to be, honestly, a very tender scene. I, I think that's just speaking greatly of, of Pip's character now. He forgives her, and this is the Pip that we knew he could be. We get to chapter 50, and uh, briefly here, Pip is recovering from his injuries, and Herbert is just very tenderly uh, tending to his wounds, which I, I really like that scene and just how careful and honestly, he's being very sweet. <laughs> and I, I like that. You don't always see that in 
in in male characters, but uh, he he is he's um, he's he's taking tender care of Pip. As they're doing this, Herbert tells Pip that Magwitch told him an interesting story. The rest of his story, that uh, basically Magwitch had a crazy wife who killed another woman out of jealousy and threatened to kill the child. So Magwitch separated from her, ran away, wanted nothing to do with her, and hoped to, uh, through that separation, that he wouldn't be indicted in any kind of crime that his wife would have committed. And then we find out that Compuson then used that story to blackmail Magwitch into helping him uh, on his crime sprees. And then when Magwitch meets Pip, he realizes that Pip would have been the age of his daughter, and he has compassion for Pip because he did care for his daughter. And I think as we read back, you know, that's where we get that emotional clicking noise in Magwitch's throat. That, as the uh, one author pointed out, John Mullen pointed out in The Artful Dickens, that uh, it's like this clockwork mechanism noise that um, is a machine-like, but it's representing a deep emotional uh, conflict in, in Magwitch. And I love that callback and just how, how Dickens seemed to have this all laid out and plotted and, and how he's bringing these plots all together. Because we, we find out, as Pip says, and, and ends this week's section on, this, on his reading, he basically says, Herbert, you know I'm not crazy right now. You know I'm not in a fever dream right now. But listen to me when I tell you this. He says, I know I am quite myself. And the man we have in hiding down the river is Estella's father. Wow. That is a cliffhanger. So we found out about Estella's mother is Molly, a con- uh, an accused murderess who very likely, uh, from the sounds of it, actually did murder this other woman. Maybe tried to kill his do- her daughter as well, but Estella was able to be rescued and uh, ended up in Miss Havisham's care. But before that happens, Magwitch uh, and Compison plan with Miss Havisham's brother to uh, con money out of Miss Havisham, which she does. Miss Havisham has this mental breakdown ends up adopting Estella, who just happened to be Magwitch's daughter. And, <laughs> and it, you, you hear about Dickens and his ability to really use um, coincidence on a high level. I mean, this, it's all connected. You remember the TV show Lost came out in the early 2000s, one of my favorite shows of all time. And I loved how all the stories and plot lines were connected and, and there were coincidences and, and plot line connections and character connections um, before and after, uh, you know, on the island there. And I love that because it was very Dickensian. And, and I always imagined that if Dickens were alive today, that's the kind of a TV show maybe he would write <laughs> if, if he was feeling to write something science fiction-y. We're left with this shock that Magwitch is Estella's father. Maybe, I think she had mentioned that she thought she was, you know, rich and wealthy and, and come from a, comes from a gentleman and lady, but turns out she comes from uh, a criminal and, and a murderer. What is this going to mean for her going forward? What is this, how does this change Pip's understanding of his life? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. These are, these are quest- questions Dickens has left to answer. How is this all going to get wrapped up? Well, we have really only two more readings left to find out. And I have 
some thoughts and questions, but I, I really need to wait on those until we finish the book. Let's think of it about how Pip has now changed, that he has been, I think, broken and taught a very valuable and difficult lesson. And that is that his life was, in fact, better off at the forge. He, not because he was rich. Riches don't make your life better. Being a gentleman didn't make his life better. Having wealthy acquaintances didn't make his life better. But what made his life better at the forge was being loved. Being loved by Joe. Being loved by Biddy. And even in her own broken way, being taken care of even by his sister. You know, we could debate that part, but at the very least, he had good people in his life. He had been made into this sham of a gentleman, that his money comes from a crook. You know, his his wealth is not what it appeared to be. And he fell hopelessly in love with this this woman, Estella, who has been created to torment men. And yet Pip still cares for her, obviously, and he still has feelings for her. But now she's married to somebody else, and uh, his heart is broken, and his senses have been shocked. You know, at this point, if he was one of those um, stereotypical, frail Victorian women, I think he'd be on the fainting couch. <laughs> for reference to that, watch one of the recent Saturday Night Live uh, skits about uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch and the fainting couch. It's It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, in any case, th those are our chapters for this week. Uh, next week, we're reading um, actually three sections, but it's still chapters 51 through 54. So we'll have a longer chapter section to read, um, but we're getting, getting close to the end of Pip's uh, journeys. And I can't wait for uh, to hear your thoughts on this section and on what is left to come. So uh, let me know what you thought, what your thoughts are, um, anything that shocked you here. Uh, did these plot lines, did you have any idea where this was going? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Looking ahead to uh, things that are going to come, once I finish this series, I would like to do something like this again, but I'm going to let uh, wait for a little while before we do that. And I've wanted to make some more booktube videos. I just haven't had the time, so I'd like to do uh, try to catch up on some of those uh, that I want to get done. Um, and have, have some, just some shorter video content available for you as well. Uh, but do stay tuned because I want to do a, a read-along like this again uh, with, with you folks. Um, it, it has been just so, so enjoyable. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing that uh, with you. So uh, read your chapters. Reach out to me online. Uh, you can leave comments below or find me on Voxer uh, or Discord. And uh, until next time, happy reading, everyone, and take care.